Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on November the 18th, 2018. I hope you're all doing okay and that you're keeping warm in the winter because the winter's hit early again. As it does every year now, it's getting earlier and earlier and it's lasting longer and longer and it's getting colder and colder. And this last week or two probably, I've seen nights way in the minus range of centigrade and Fahrenheit as well. Last night it was about minus 10 degrees on the Fahrenheit scale. That's about minus 23 degrees, I think, in the centigrade scale. And that's what we're getting in this day and age. Longer winters, colder too, much deeper temperatures for sustained periods in the winter time where I am. Because of global warming, you see. And it's all your fault, and you're going to pay for it and pay for it and pay for it more and more and more. You'll never know where the money's going, but that doesn't really matter. It's a control mechanism to completely alter your way of living and so that you'll all be and do what you're told by your owners. And you do have owners. And I might touch on a little bit of that tonight too. But remember as well, you can help me take along by buying the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com and you can also go into alanwattsentinel.eu and you can also get the same talks there, plus you get transcripts as well, I want to read some of the stuff. But also, you can buy the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Make a list as well of the other sites that I have on, on the com site. You'll see them all listed there, in case any of them go down for any reason. Because there's a few there too, including jackness.com, which carries my, my talks. And you can buy the books and discs, as I say, on my official sites. And uh, don't be misled by some of the con men are out there who pretend to, to be me, but they're not, they're not me at all. I don't think so, anyway. I've heard these parallel universes and stuff. I, I'm not really quite into it yet. But anyway, you, you can buy the books and discs, as I say, at cuttingthroughmaze.com, and you can find out how to purchase on the website. Plus, remember, too, you can donate to me, and that helps me tick along and, and pay for all this, too, because things are expensive, as you know as your dollar gets worth less and less and less, and the pound across the sea as well gets less and less and all the other currencies across the planet. Because we're living in a great con game of debt. It's a debt system with money that's backed on nothing, with a little cabal of people who run all the central banks and their private club and decide what your currency is going to be worth that day. They always profit, mind you, off it themselves, enormously so, because they know where they're going to raise the interest rates in one country or another, and where they're going to devalue currency in another country. And so they can literally make money off their, their move, naturally, since they own it all. It's all private. For folk who think they live in a system where their governments are theirs, and, and they have some kind of uh, right to run things, it's all nonsense. But that's the system we're living in, and there's nothing much you can do about it at the moment, at least. And uh, voting is a waste of time. If it worked, it would be prohibited. They'd make it illegal if it worked. And so it's not meant to. It's meant to as a safety valve and to give you a dog and pony show of, of throwing folk out and putting another bunch in until you get fed up with them with the same agenda going on, and then you throw them out too. It stops you having revolutions. And it doesn't really matter, really, because remember... Years and years ago, back in the 90s, when Al Gore was doing his rounds and talks with different heads of state and so on, 
And they talked quite openly in, in the newspapers about that coming system they're bringing in. They talked about the internet system too that would radically change society and also it would give them total, well, much more control over everybody's lives with the internet. Of course, they didn't tell you they were going to spy on everything you did, but they knew it. They absolutely knew it. It was all designed to do this uh, because, remember, ARPA and then DARPA uh, really ran the whole system. Still does, really, in a way, with front organizations. Uh, with, with fancy-sounding uh, legitimate names, but the same organization still run out, folks. In fact, you'll find with everything you really need on a big scale for basic survival today, basic survival, it's everything, food, everything, it's really a, a tiny, tiny group of people that have the majority shares in agri-food businesses across the planet and in the chemical industries that make all the herbicides and pesticides and so on. And they've got you... They've got you by the short and curlies, as they say. That's for those with very short haircuts. But anyway, this is the system we were born into. And you're trained to believe you're free, but you're not at all. Not at all. So help me take along too, and I can keep putting out the stories. You'd be surprised, everybody who, who has the big shows grabs the stuff all the time and parrots the same stuff, generally within a, bit, a day or two. Uh, but they never mention where they get it from. So I'm, a, I'm like a, an unpaid worker for the big boys that basically commandeered and buccaneered the system that used to be more free and open, and they pretend that they are now the champions of freedom. It's quite a joke. It truly is, isn't it? But, but is it really? The system's always been corrupt. You're always run by very devious people, always down through history, and power... And money, especially with power, is the power. They can hire as many think tanks and and cunning psychopaths as they want to to keep you, you know, in the dark, basically, of what's really going on. Meanwhile, they use countries across the planet for warfare, for their own little wars, and they profit from the wars, since they also own all the, the warfare industries. And all the countries, and all the conflicting countries, and even in China, folks, don't think it's all owned by China. Don't think that at all. And this has been the game that's been played for such a long, long time. Just like the Cold War with Russia and the Soviet system, you had the same big bankers, the World Bank, financing all sides. You had the United Nations supposedly having its tete-a-tete with all the different parties, being like a referee, while in actual fact, the, 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 the communist Soviet bloc system had its committee groups working with the United Nations, and so did uh, NATO, of course, the, 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 the Western group uh, uh, that supposedly kept stalemate against the Russians. It's such a joke. It truly is. So the UN was a referee with them both. And, in fact, the, the NATO at that time couldn't make a single move. You can look this up yourself and all the records without Russia knowing what they were up to. And, and before Russia, it was communist China, and when they were into Vietnam, same thing there too, and Korea. They couldn't make a move without the United Nations getting to know about it. And they always had a Russian military guy in charge of the little group at the United Nations that either vetoed something or, or at least passed information on. It was such a farce. Truly was such a farce. And I, I clued into this an awful long time ago when they had the Cold War on the go. And I, I kept thinking, well... Because every week you had the, the, we've got to get a bigger, bigger anti-missile missile for their missile, anti-missile, missile, anti-missile. And it was such a farce. 
when already supposedly would tell you in the same breath that, that all sides had enough weaponry to kill off the planet and probably half the galaxy about ten times over. So would it matter how fast your, your missiles were if all sides were definitely going to have mutually assured destruction? But they kept that farce going right up until the end. So the missiles, it was a great business. You didn't, didn't have to use them, so therefore you didn't have to see if they worked or not. And the taxpayer were guaranteed to, to pay for them all. And you had all these wonderful submarines, of course, that leaked uh, radiation everywhere they went. They had a base in, in Scotland, the Holy Loch in Scotland, where they had uh, the submarine base there for the US and the, the, the British and so on. And that, that literally, around the edges, was radioactive. I don't know if it still is today, maybe it still is, but I'm sure lots of folk died off with cancers and things. So it, it really a farce. And the World Bank, as I say, was giving loans to all sides. You see how it works. And it makes people more obedient to the system, thinking they're going to get wiped out every day. Well, we need our governments to, to keep us safe. And, they, and of course, the TVs would churn out all these the day after tomorrow, and yada yada, and threads, and so on, and terrify everybody. Always, always terrifying the public. Quite amazing. It doesn't change. And I, I said on a show back in the 90s, after the Soviet system was supposedly gone, and I said on a show, about 98 or maybe it was, I said that they've always got to have enemies. And that's where the big profits come from, is having even Cold War type enemies. And if they ever have to revive the big bad bear of Russia, they'll do so. Well, they've done it, of course. That's exactly what they've done. And the same thing with China. And don't forget the guys who run the countries in the West are all members of the Institute for International Affairs, or all Institute for International Affairs, Council on Foreign Relations, a private organization, who set up NAFTA and the European Union and all the other things for the Far Eastern conglomerate too, the Asia-Pacific Rim. Literally, this private club ran the British Empire and still does the World Empire now. And that was always their goal, of course. It doesn't mean that they're necessarily British that run it. They certainly don't have the, any kind of nationalistic feelings behind it all. They're internationalists, and they're very rich, and they want to stay rich. <laughs> they want the whole planet to rule, basically. It's interesting, too, that even in the U.S., they put out their own little propaganda disc, a video, uh, on, on the American ruling uh, establishment, basically. Uh, the, the CFR did that in, in the U.S. itself. So the, the guys who run the U.S. boast about it on their own disc. <laughs> Quite amazing. And they have all kinds of people in it. They admit they've got communists in it, dictators in it. They've got all kinds. They have no problems with people as long as they get on board with it and all want the same thing, which is basically world government. But it's with themselves in charge and splitting the loop, basically. That's as far as I can see it. And even George Soros, I mean, he he's credited with not only financing and putting money towards all kinds of organizations for the same kind of system. He apparently, as far as I can dig up so far, is credited for uh, setting up the European branch, the European Council for International Affairs, the Institute for International Affairs for Europe, which is all the, all the politicians must belong to, you see. So it's sewn up, and it's a member, obviously, of the Royal Institute for International Affairs, based in London, again, private organization. Things are very different from the, the way that uh, they're presented to us. And getting back to Al Gore and so in the 90s and his speeches, they talked about a new system coming in. And many of their, their members too, along with Gore, talked about a kind of post-democratic system that would be brought in. And this is your technocratic 
management system, which is already here. Most folk really don't care. The only time they protest or get motivated to protest is, is because they want to step up the next phase of the, the ruling system. Uh, but everybody's involved in the same goals, the same agendas. If you list all the agendas that are written out there, the next bunch will just follow them along the line too. There's no doubt about that. And how can you possibly have any kind of freedoms in democratic institutions or in democratic countries for that matter if small cliques of very rich people can run it all and take you off to other wars that have got nothing to do with you? Yeah, that's not democracy. It certainly isn't freedom. How can you be free if you're... If you're I think it was Jefferson said the same thing, Thomas Jefferson. He said that any generation born with a, a, a preceding debt caused by a, a previous generation, and they have to pay it off, they're born, he says, they're therefore de facto slaves, they're born into slavery. And we call this democracy today. What a farce. What a farce. I mean, most folk don't know it. They really don't know it. Scary, isn't it? The truth about the reality of our system is that it's an abusive system, incredibly abusive. You'll find, in fact, most systems of where power is at the very top are abusive, using the same techniques in, in order for a small group to live high on a hog on the backs of everybody else. Brute force, of course, can be used if you can use money to pay armies to suppress the people. But money in itself is an abusive system. It also helps those psychopaths to get to the top by conquering the people to get in charge of the money to, therefore, once you're in charge of the money, there's nothing you can't do with the system if it's all dependent on your money. And the first thing they do is to ensure there's no competition in whatever con game that they're pushing. They simply make it legal for their system to, to, to run, including their money, and like money today is backed by nothing, for instance, all planned a long time ago and then decided to put it into effect in the Bretton Woods Agreement. And from then on, basically, it was downhill from there when they took off the gold standard and any kind of standard for that matter. And simply uh, a group of guys decide what it's worth and what it's not worth. It's, it's, it's that much of a racket and a con. And that's why... Even, I think, from the 1960s, late 1970 onwards, if you had $10,000, it would now be, you need 80000 to buy the same things that you used to buy for the 10000 It's built in what they call inflation, even though it's backed by nothing. Inflation used to mean that they put way too many notes out uh, over their, their actual reserves that they had kept, and, 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 but they did away with even the reserves, went to fractional reserves, and then there's nothing. <laughs> so every system that they've ever done this with before always crashes. doesn't matter, I think it's meant to crash. And the ones at the top who manage money, who are the masters of money, understand this perfectly well. It's not meant to last forever. And each crash brings them to a, a new, an updated system where they have more power and control. Remember, there's many ways you can be in charge of society. And, but money's the easiest way. Be in charge of the money. And you're left pretty well alone. The public generally never think about who runs it all, uh, what money is, as long as they have some of it. And they, 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 they don't really attack them like they do 
the, the guys who run the money system as they do with like politicians. Politicians to me are just the punch and judy shows where you can throw tomatoes at them and boo them. And uh, that's what politicians, they get awfully well paid for doing that. And the, the politicians are all picked in advance long before the public uh, hear about them or hear, even know who they are. Are presented to to be voted for by the public. They're picked long, long before that, and some of them are even picked. I'm pretty certain myself uh, when they're teenagers, and they're told that by the year so and so we'll put you up to this position, and the year so and so we'll put you into, we'll make you the head for a little while. I think it's that precise, in fact, because the agenda continues regardless of who's in power, and you cannot have. Uh, such a strange organization that was set up called the United Nations, which came out of the League of Nations, both set up by this private group that became known as the Royal Institute for International Affairs, with, with branches across the planet in every country, who set up the World Bank with their own members running it, and they set up the IMF with their own members running it, they set up the Bank for International Settlements with uh, their own members running it across the planet. They run the whole system. So you can't really have a, a sovereignty uh, when you've already signed on to this, this uh, strange uh, agreement with the United Nations where it deals with... You know, most of your building codes come from the United Nations across the world. And to your little rural area, even where I live, in fact, comes from the United Nations. Well, I don't vote for them, do you? Of course you don't, because it's not meant to be democratic. And the same with all of his little different laws it pushes, even the rights of the child... I can remember when the rights of the child was passed by the UN that generally is lambasted for being communistic in its outlook. Exactly what Carl Quigley talked about. Carl Quigley said that the group, the CFR part of the group, same same group, he said that we take all members in the same thing, communists, fascists, dictators, doesn't matter. And he also said that they're often mistaken for being communists because of the same goals. Because this, this socialism is the best system from Iran on. And under, under the socialist system, they can keep lending out unpayable money in return, that is. You can't, you can, in other words, it's not meant you can pay off your debt so that they then have a hold over you politically. That's how it was run across the whole planet. That's why it's done that way. But... Um, it is that way for sure, and meanwhile, it's not really, it's all attached to the United Nations. They even tell you how many migrants you must take. They even decide to define what a migrant is, even though most of them that are flooding across Europe are, are not from the warring countries. Which makes a mockery of everybody else applying to get in legally and waiting to see what happens. And you're to apply in your own country. Well, they don't borrow with that, they'll just jump the queue. Normally, you call that the criminal mind, but now it's okay. They've got all kinds of help because the agenda now is to eradicate all the old cultures across the West. It's quite open about it, it's not conspiracies. They're very open about it, the groups that are behind it and funding it and promoting it. This is the age, of course, for. And the time, supposedly, for elimination of borders. And they have trained armies, internal armies. Uh, they're, they're four legs good, uh, two legs bad groups uh, who are ready to go out there and uh, fight to make it all happen. Eliminate borders, for instance. Interesting times, isn't it? But again, they think it's themselves doing it. They don't realize this is a part of the same, this, it's the same establishment that run all previous systems that's now running this system as well. Same group, same people. And the last folk to know are the ones at the bottom who help push it and make it happen.
That, that's how intense the whole system is. I gave talks many years ago about the, and with all the, the different um, references to the psychiatric institution, the World Psychiatric Association, for instance, not just you and Cameron who, who helped do his part in the MK Ultra. There's only one, that's only one place they did it. They're still doing it, by the way, <laughs> to us all. <laughs> in many ways that you don't even understand and even know about. Interestingly, Cameron, when he left Canada, or his position in Canada at least, he was put in charge of the World Psychiatric Association for Adolescents and Children under the United Nations. Interesting, eh? They tie that in with UNESCO, the Julian Huxley group. And Julian Huxley was quite open about what it was for, create a common culture in a socialistic setting type of system, very dictatorial and obedient. You'll, be, you'll obey, obey, obey. And the experts would run your lives from birth to death. And we're pretty well here. The beauty of it, of course, is that his brother, Aldous Huxley, who tried to tell the public about it, he said, he said that uh, you might not like this system. I mean, he said you might be trained to like a system which perhaps you shouldn't ought to like, that it wasn't for your best interest. And I, so so you, you've got to give some, some credence and, as I say, kudos to uh, Aldous Huxley to an extent, because he did say what was coming. And he did say that you could be made to love your servitude, for instance, and we're here, we're pretty well here You've got all the internet things on the go They started off years ago with free this and free that And I mentioned at the time, back in the 90s That eventually they would rain on all the freebies Once you're on it and you're addicted to it And it's habitual, it's a daily thing for you Then you wouldn't give it up when you realised it was all a con And it was there to spy on you and run your life And you better, and eventually you have to check in every day to different groups Or else they come to your door to see what's wrong with you Why aren't you checking in? Uh, really, it's um, it's quite something. But most folk love it. They love the system. They couldn't imagine life without it. Why do you think almost every movie you see that's got any kind of teenagers or young people in it, even in their early twenties, they've got some computers, 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 cell phones, cell phones, in almost every other shot? Why do you think that's like that? It's to make them think that isn't how you're supposed to behave. Monkey see, monkey do. I've seen it my whole life long. I've seen things promoted through movies and adopted by the culture very quickly. And again, by the culture industry, music and everything else too. Fashion, you name it. Terminology. Until you, now you've got all the young, the little children cussing and swearing. All the stuff that you hear from television and movies. There's been a war against society. Complete war. To break down the culture of the peoples. Their basic culture that took centuries to develop. They kept them intact. It helped them at least to help each other out in bad times. That's what Christianity was supposed to be about. Again, some cohesiveness and, and meaning to life. And a very cruel system. We forget very quickly how it's been in feudal systems, which really existed up into the early 20th century. It's still pretty well feudal. Whether you like it to, not to believe it or even admit it or not, it's, it's a fact. And... You see remnants of the feudal system today. In fact, I think it's still here in a sense. Very much so. And you don't have to be hereditary, blue bloods, to be in the feudal system to run it. You also you have the technocrats now and the scientists running it on behalf of the of the the, the credibly wealthy rich, the people who made their money in money, 
That's where they want to get their money from. Even the think tanks that the, the Council on Foreign Relations have, which is just a part of the Royal Institute for International Affairs, and they, they said that's their job, is to advise governments across the world. Well, why are they advising governments across the world when the public are supposed to be voting for things? They, they probably don't get a chance to vote for anything that matters to them. They don't. But we go along with this farce. So the system we live in is a brutal system. Very brutal. So brutal, in fact, the Psychiatric Association at the end of World War II, even during World War II, said, and as well as one of their goals, mind you, even under, under Freud, was to take over the, the brainwashing of every child as they grew up to, make, uh, to remake society in their own image, basically, and how we should behave. You would understand that. And, of course, the, even the British Psychiatric Association said after World War II, with the top psychiatrist saying that, that they wanted the right to even um, psychiatrically evaluate everyone who would be passed fit or failed, but they would get the right to, to pass or fail them, of politicians and civil servants and anybody working uh, for government positions. Everybody wants the power, don't they? Everybody. The thing is, the general public don't get any of it because... They really do think. It's just too easy to fool them, isn't it? Well, the cliches that politicians come out with, the well-worn, well-trodden cliches over and over again, gets them in. Uh, like Bill Clinton, I feel your pain. And that's what they even made a big deal about that in the paper. Oh, well, he, feel, he, he at least acknowledges that there's pain out there that you're all suffering. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's quite something, isn't it? And the US, of course, has been used as a battering ram that took over from from Britain, and the and Britain used its peasant class for the battering ram for for their parts in a, a world empire. That the, the basically the the skeletal, the skeletal system for the world order to come that they want across the whole planet. The U.S. took over because the Britain's already bankrupt with all the different wars, since the public have to pay for all the debts for having massive armies and for uh, the cost of, of the war industries and the shipping and the armaments and so on, and laying out railroads across the planet, so it's the big boys who really own Britain could have all the goodies shipped to them, all the resources out of other countries. The, the peasant class got nothing except the bill. Nothing changes. Now it's the Americans' turn. They get their, they've got the bill, and their style of living is dropping. But those who own America are, are high in the hog with incredible incomes today. Incredible incomes. A well-worn uh, system, isn't it? Well tried. But yeah, I can remember, for instance, in the UK, knowing about the, the incredible poverty and the the terrible times folk had, even in Ireland, where mass migrations from Ireland came over for people trying to escape what they called the famine. But the famine wasn't all to do with what what we were told in history books. It was worse than that. (laughs) Their food was getting taken away from them and their beef industry too and exported across the world, but mainly to, to the British war industry for the troops abroad, things like that. Terrible it was, absolutely terrible. And the folk who survived that, I mean, you have an imprinted memory 
that folk had and would pass on to their own children. Absolute terror and fear and anger if they couldn't get their children working or get a job for children. They, they would go into a fury, a rage, because it was life or death to them. And I'm talking about after they migrated into Scotland, these people, some of them. That's how they were. Utter fear and horror of, of dying, as, as many did at the sides of roads, you know. Eating grass and so on, as I say. That was in the, uh, when Brit, the British Empire was at its peak. For those who don't quite get it. <laughs> yeah. Horror systems. That's the truth of the, of the past. Absolute horror. And you, you take a Britain, they came through that. The incredible crashes and bankruptcies and so on. And as folk, as a few people, like never before, had got so much money accumulated from the empire. But the rest of the people just kept paying and paying and paying and paying. In an age where they had malnutrition quite commonly across good parts of Britain. And then into a World War I with food rationing and all kinds of rationing. And, and from that straight into the Great Depression. They never got out of a depression from World War I in actual fact. And all the way uh, into depression, they didn't ease up and, and straight into World War II. With this massive, incredible rationing, you'd look up and see what they're allowed to have per person per day. It was, it, or, it was, you couldn't do it today. You couldn't do it. Most of it would give up and just die. And that went on until 1953, I think, or 54. And then after that, it, it, it wasn't like turned on again where the, folk couldn't afford it. Britain was still skint, broke from World War I. And here's World War II passed. And their malnutrition and rickets, the population, and so on. Really terrible. That, that's the truth of what, what happened. An abusive system. But World War I, as I say, crashed what was left of the UK, Britain. Uh, because it was always every, every loan for their, for their, for their empire uh, basically was put on the backs of the people to pay off. And they got nothing out of this empire except the debt. There is something. And it doesn't change. As I say, it doesn't change. We're living in a very... How can you put it? It's, it's a diabolical system, to be honest with you. And we're sitting waiting for the next financial crash. Because in 2008, the top con men of economists told us it'll take about 10 years or so to, uh, to really notice the, the, the increase in prices and so on. And they called it inflation. Because of all of the, the bailouts. And the bailouts, by the way, uh, by the World Bank and the IMF and so on, uh, are guaranteed to be paid off by the peasantry. That's what the government must sign you on to with, with, with high interest rates very high interest rates, on top of all the pre-existing debt of governments and previous governments, going way back. And therefore, that's why your dollar is worth a fraction of what it was worth last of 10 years ago, and so on. That's why it's a racket, a con game. But they said they would catch up in 10 years' time. We're seeing it now, and you're ready for the next collapse. But the boys at the top never lose anything. 
They're still buying their islands and buying that across the planet and so on. Not bad, eh? Not bad at all. As your own governments are training you all to go into austerity. Well, I keep saying, how do you think they're going to get you into austerity? Well, how, are you managing to pay off your, just your regular bills and, and expenses per week? Are you? Are you really? Have you noticed that it's getting harder and harder? Have you noticed that it's getting for a lot of folk they can't eat meat anymore if they want to? This is too expensive. Things all by chance. You know, the government has agencies. They're working with agencies, the nudge units, to try to put you off eating meat, especially beef. Hmm? Not for themselves, of course, but for you. They never go without themselves, even during wartime for rationing. But you do. And you be trained to believe you're doing the right thing, you see, to save the world and the planet and all the rest of it. And you can sit back and watch the return of all these malnutritional diseases. Everything is a racket and a con game. Again, I could go into this. I didn't intend to even go here tonight, actually. But I was just thinking about the, how ridiculous the cost of basic, basic things now in Canada happens to be. As Canada has been is dishing out like, like billions across the world to teach um, supposedly women in third world countries to give them educations. Billions. We're giving it billions every year now. As we go down the tubes back home. Because you have to go into a world system, you see, where the whole world's getting kind of flattened, and even the ones who will be in charge of other countries across the planet, some of them are actually the ones who are getting the education paid for by Canada to keep their countries under, the, under their thumbs. Quite interesting how it works, eh? <laughs> they pick the leaders and there it goes. Therefore, every generation of children are the victims by the governmental system, the ones who are there to help you, all the agencies. And there's lots of prostitutes, the agencies under social work, who are quite happy to take big paychecks, and teachers in school, of course, to brainwash children, to, to obey, 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 until they, they're scared even to, 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 to argue with things that they don't like. They're scared to argue. Because they're bad if you argue. You're bad if you have a different point of view. Bad, bad, bad. You see? You also have the... I mentioned before to this, this, this organization in Scotland. And they say Scotland is in the midst of a cultural revolution. More and more of us are, are coming to understand the impact of childhood stress on adult health and happiness. Wow. As I said, Britain had nothing but war after war for about 200 years. For an empire, which a handful owned. A handful of people owned the empire. Still do, actually. And the public had to pay for all. In blood, guts, sweat, and tears. And financial. And what's financial, it means there's money going out of you for taxes instead of going into your stomach as food. That's the reality of it. So here they go again, eh? So, yeah, it's just, the people are just, you know, uh, there's just mental stress on, on children in Scotland. Scotland was deculturalized heavily, heavily 
So it's even before Bonnie Prince Charlie is like to call the guy who came over for his revolution in 1745. It's already massively getting deculturalized, including the southern Scotland too. It wasn't just the island areas. And when you do that in every culture, and Darwin knew it too, the people tend to turn on themselves and and become nihilistic to, uh, to themselves and self-destructive. That's what happens, folks. Now, remember, across the board, you're, the, the, whole, the whole of Europe, every country's been deculturalized now. In preparation for this new system, a new world peasantry of equal peasants, <laughs> ruled by the same con men that uh, brought it all about. So they're making Scotland the world's first ace-aware nation. Ace. Also, they pay big bucks for these marketing companies to come up with this rubbish, you see. So they're going to have uh, ace education and, and so on. And, uh, and there'll be psychiatrists and psychologists and different workers involved in, in creating it all. I'll put a couple of links up for you to... to I've done it before, the same organization with the ace, that is. And, and of course, Gerfeg as well, getting it right for every child. We're with the state-authorized agent for every child born in Scotland. You wonder what this, why there's problems with mental health. You, you've annihilated the culture. <laughs> you've got the people in a, a deculturalized society uh, getting fed nothing but depressive stuff from the BBC for oh, forever where every play that they put on there is dysfunctional families and women arguing with guys and guys arguing with women and children arguing with everybody. That's all they showed for years and years and years. There was Everything that would put folk off getting married was pushed out there, big time. And that was not a mistake. It's a war on society. You might say on civilization. Mm-hmm. So that's Gerfeck as well. And, you know, you, you take, um, I've said before how folk think they're normal because they bounce their, with their opinions and other, of other peer, with their peer group, basically. And if folk say, yeah, I think the same thing, you know. So it doesn't matter if they've been indoctrinated to see things in a particular fashion that doesn't jive somewhere in the back of their mind when they have real experiences. That doesn't jive with my indoctrination here. Could my indoctrination be kind of wrong and they'll ask their, their peer group what they think about it. And since they all want to belong to the same peer group, they all want to have the same opinion, especially the more educated they are, the more so that was so. They've done all the studies on this. So they're, they're the easiest ones to control are the well-educated people, actually. But here's, here's how you think you're, you're, you're well, you see. You bounce your ideas. And this is um, from Aldous Huxley. He says, real hopeless victims of mental illness are to be found amongst those who appear to be most normal. That's a fact, folks. Listen to the statements you get from people who think they're normal and may be very successful, in fact, or at the very least average. He says, many of them are normal because they're so well adjusted to our mode of existence. Because their human voice has been silenced so early in their lives, they do not even struggle or suffer or develop symptoms as the neurotic does. They're normal not in what they may be called the absolute sense of the word. They're normal only in relation to profoundly abnormal society. Do you understand what he's saying here? 
You understand that? In other words, if you're living in, a, in an abnormal society, where they, they keep telling you you've never had it so good. You've never had it so good. Really. Uh, they've they've depla- replaced all the spiritual values of all cultures across the planet, or they're trying to. They've done it very well with some, but the rest are still... Some of them still go down, yet. But um, with science to replace all, and they've done study after study trying to find out if people are truly happy with all the technological stuff. Is that really a good substitute for what used to be relationships? Uh, Within groups that you met, physically met, and friends that you physically met, and uh, mates that you would have for life. Do we have that now? No, we don't. But we're told that we're to be happy, 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 because the culture industry will give you replacements for all of that through all kinds of technological entertainment, for instance. There you go. They're even promising to give you um, virtual realities to make you think you're in real things. And but they'll decide the relationships. They'll decide what happens in these relationships. They'll decide what you believe in those relationships. That's that's the slavery, folks, of the, of the most uh, diabolical kind. That's what it is. But some folk think they're all, it's wonderful already. They really do. Because all they've known a lot of youngsters think this, in fact, in their 20s now, that's all they've ever known. They think it's just quite all normal. They think it's normal to, to give it all your data every day when they're asked to, and even when they're not asked to. Even though folk fought for centuries to get freedoms of, for privacy. <laughs> really something, eh? And this is a time as they bring you into austerity, into a, a stage where they will have a lot of people unemployed permanently. Even Maggie Thatcher talked about it. She said that a generation is growing up who will never see work in their lifetime get used to it. That's what she said on, on, a, on, a, on a, 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 national, a national speech she gave out. Get used to it. And so they open up all the pubs all day long instead of uh, for a few hours uh, in the afternoon and then the rest at night. So she opened up all day to keep them off the streets so they could spend their welfare money getting drunk and just passing out and so on. And you think you're free? You're getting managed like little, well, what can I say? Little children, in a sense. But now it's the time for drugging them all and giving them the choice. Well, see, you, you're really buying but Nobody's forcing you to take drugs. No one's forcing you, Really? If you get enough stress, you'll, you'll turn to anything, you get a bit of relief. And they know this too. <laughs> but now's the time for Soma. And Aldous Huxley also said there will be in the next generation or so a pharmacological method of making people love their servitude and producing dictatorship without tears, so to speak. Producing a kind of painless concentration camp for entire societies so that people will, in fact, have their liberties taken away from them, but will rather enjoy it. Well, don't you think you're here, folks? Hmm? A dictatorship without tears. And the whole idea of the system we're in right now is to train you all to get past this this con that they've used for years, and it's a con, because they don't need it much longer. 
uh, into the new system where you just accept you're being ruled by your betters, professional people, you see. And you'll, you'll be quite happy with that because you can go and play all day with your soma and, and your virtual realities. Hmm? Dictatorship without tears. So don't think that this is new. This is a very old plan, very old plan. And Aldous Huxley was, uh, uh, he, he was working with the groups that helped to create the, the cultures, step-by-step uh, uh, -step changes in the cultures right to the present day. He worked with all the biggies. He knew it was coming. I'm telling you. That's really, really something. He also said, the victim of mind manipulation does not know that he is a victim. To him, the walls of his prison are invisible, and he believes himself to be free. And of course, you find that uh, other players at the time that knew each other, like Bertrand Russell, they talked about the same things, because he was a big player of Russell in, in creating that culture and the changes for the culture. Right down to experimental schools that he was given way before anybody heard of the experimental schools. And he, he, he knew it was what they would bring. He said, we can, make, we can really get the children young enough, we can make them believe anything. He thought it was a good thing they could make them believe anything. He even made them believe that, that snow was black if, it, if they wanted to, so that they could be do it. And he thought it was wonderful that had the techniques to do it all. Mind manipulation. So it's, it's, we're in an awful, awful time of mass manipulation, and it's all going according to plan. Never think that all these, that you're hearing of all kinds of organizations on, on a world scale, they're all separate. No, they're only different branches, specialized branches of the same big octopus, you might say. They've got a central head, and, and they all have their special branches. And even the Council on Foreign Relations has specialized branches. Their foreign affairs departments made up of people who often have, have high investments in the wars across the, the world, especially in certain places and so on, very, very openly. And they, they have uh, other ones to do with what the children should be taught in the next generation and the, who are born even in this generation, what they should be taught and where it's to go from there. All down. I mean, there's nothing you can't do if you get them young enough. And if you put up enough propaganda, uh, it, it, using marketing and so on, and education, and again, entertainment, they've said themselves uh, that um, you can definitely influence people for change. I can remember when I was small, uh, the marketing companies with psychological departments of Oxford and different places talking about that they would use women, mainly women, uh, for change, because women could be taught to, to they were more open to, to trying change than men were. Men were far more conservative. I'm talking about social change, not just fashion and so, but that too, but social change, and uh, it's been awfully successful. But again, they knew this from previous experiments down through the ages, and uh, and Hitler knew it too. Hitler knew that to, to bypass the conservative German male, to make the government the head that people would follow. You go for the women first, it's the fastest way. Promise them safety and security and money for their families, and they will definitely follow, they'll make a hero of who are the leaders. And he said that this is aimed to the women over the heads of the husbands, and the women will come to us, the children will follow the mother, and therefore must follow the man. That's, that's what Hitler said. And it's true, but he, is, he didn't invent that. The Soviets had already tried that too initially in, in their early phases as well. 
It's quite fascinating because we have weaknesses. We all have weaknesses and we have traits. We're, we're born with certain traits and drives and so on. And that these can all be exploited by those who understand them. And we are an open book in this day and age like never before for complete exploitation. But again, it's a painless concentration camp at the moment for most folk. So I'll put this ongoing push for everyone being tested for mental health, as they want to say, meaning are you indoctrinated enough or are you too independent? The UN keeps saying that the greatest enemy is is individualism. That must be annihilated. Of course, that's what's also behind the, the real push for mental testing to eliminate individualism and individual thinkers. Not kidding you, that's really what's behind it. World War II left toxic legacy of ill health and depression. Well, no kidding. I wonder why. Hmm? As they ravaged society, lots of the, the men never came back from the darn wars, and the families had an awful time trying to even get food during it and, and after it and even before it. Mm-hmm. That's the truth of it. Uh, so I'll put these ones up. Mental health care for children and adolescents worldwide, a review, etc. There's only a few of them. But that's where it's all going, you see. That's where it's all going. Meanwhile, society is, is getting ravaged. Is, is, the culture is getting destroyed. And remember the ones with Tony Blair when he, his second command came out? I read the articles years ago, and not so long ago, too, on the air, when I was on the radio. And Tony Blair had, had demanded that they, they bring masses of migrants in then, this is then, uh, in order to destroy, he said to destroy the, the, the culture of Britain. He said that. That was, in, that was in the newspapers. And uh, I'll, I'll make, put that link up again if I can find it. But uh, yeah, I was quite, I was quite open about it. That's quite something, isn't it? That, that these characters that you think are simply individuals. And socially, I mean, when you see who, who Blair is, a good psychopath picked up early and trained uh, as a youngster to be prime minister one day, who, who would take Britain off to wars had no right to be in the first place. Um, and also using those wars for mass migrations to destroy the culture. Quite, quite so. And they're using the same thing now in America, for America and elsewhere. It's quite something, isn't it? Quite something. And then you get to articles like London needs more police officers on the streets to tackle the bloody knife crime epidemic gripping the capital. Sajid Javid admits, it says here, the Home Secretary. So they've got, <laughs> what can you do, eh? It's not safe to be there now. And not finished with it yet. Not just Britain, but elsewhere too. All blowback from planned wars, eh? Which they knew, and they knew they knew they'd use the blowback to do exactly what they're doing. <laughs> Quite something. And uh, in Australia, it's the same thing. They've got, they've got um, people stabbing folk. Uh, through radicalization for terrorism, and it's true enough. They always try to say, "Well, they've got mental health problems," but it's a standard excuse that they're told to give out. There's organisations that put them out immediately. Well, there's mental health. No, no, these are these are planned, planned uh, kill, deaths, murders, planned murders in countries as they try to terrorise the public and get them terrified. Because people, people actually go towards the abuser when they're terrified and the abuser is your own government so they're doing it in the first place I'll put these ones up for Australia too and again it's interesting even with Donald Trump in the US who 
he certainly he certainly did give the massive tax breaks to the big corporations, uh, the very big corporations, of course. He also has put massive pressure on Iran that's, that for some reason, as we know, America we shouldn't even be involved in, but uh, they want to starve them out, just like they did with Iraq, which will cause more. And it's already causing mass migration out of Iran too for over the years, which is another way of warfare. You can terrify the public to simply move. You can, you can starve them to death. You can do all kinds of rotten things without necessarily bombing them. And with the threat of bombing down the road or the threat of more starvation, folk just keep getting out. And therefore the enemies of that country have, have the place to themselves, in a sense. So there's many ways to get folk to do what you want them to do, if you've got the power behind you. It's disgusting, isn't it, really? Disgusting. So everybody suffers. All the ordinary folk suffer across the planet. We all know that Bayer acquired Monsanto the sole shareholder of Monsanto now. CRISPR. It's going to be CRISPR. Geneticists have used a CRISPR gene editing to create crops that grow more food. That's what this, is, this is their big PR piece here. All these things are, are, are really PR pieces. And uh, so we're editing our way through global food shortage. There isn't a global food shortage, folks. Any more than, than these companies are, are there to feed the world. They're corporations that have taken over the agribusinesses and with the backing of government that they heavily contribute to and lobby, they're a monopoly. And the stuff they make us eat is not there to help us. Not these chemicals, for sure. They know what it's doing to us, too. But again, we're, we're, most folk don't care because we are in this painless concentration camp for most folk. Mm-hmm. You've never had so much cheap sometimes even free entertainment and brainwashing at the same time. And we're going down the tubes now to, well, it isn't just brain chimney. You don't necessarily have to chip folks' brains, but with brain scanning, has China signals that has no interest in workers' privacy. It says, it's an article here. April 30th, 2018, it came out. Emerging technology. Like, it's a good thing. That's how it's put across. They'll even tell you, I suppose, in their PR pieces, that, well, if you do a monotonous task at some conveyor belt and is isn't automated yet with robots, then uh, your day could fly in because could, they could give you a dreamlike state. You're doing something else in your head rather than just sort things on a conveyor belt. Isn't that humane? Hmm? There's another one, two high-precision automated reconstruction of neurons with uh, flood-filling networks, it says here. I'll put these ones up. And this is China's mining data directly from workers' brains on an industrial scale, this one says. Government-backed surveillance projects deploying brain-reading technology to detect changes in emotional states. We're getting turned into cyborgs, you see, aren't we? And then Britain's biggest employer organisation and main trade union body have sounded alarm over the prospect of British companies implanting staff with microchips to improve security. It's to improve security, you see. So UK, UK firm Biotech, T-A-Q, which offers implants to businesses and individuals, has already fitted 150 implants in the UK. They're putting them between the thumb and the forefinger under the flesh. And in our company, Biohacks of Sweden, also provides human chip implants the size of grains of rice, it told the Sunday Telegraph. 
that it is in discussions with several British legal and financial firms about fitting their employees with microchips. See, if you want a job, well, you know what? They microchip you. It's a great thing, isn't it? You can financially blackmail you. Well, you can either starve to death or you can work for us with a chip. <laughs> you're free, you're free, aren't you? You're free, yeah. Map of a billion brain links reveals clues about how we think. Uh, really? Hmm? This is freedom? Really? And the supercomputer that could map the human brain? Wow, Isn't that amazing, eh? Nanobots made of DNA can now carry and sort molecular cargo. The bots have feet, an arm, and even a brain. Tell them what to do, eh? Robots made of DNA. Now they're in the Internet of Things. It's quite, they, even had, they had movies out about that a few years back. <laughs> it's, it's pretty well coming here now, eh? Magnetoelectric nanoparticles, is say. But there you go. So they're using, the, as I say, the gene editing to create crops that grow more food, they claim. Well, the, the, the gene editing is also the same way of turning on, switching off switches in your brain as well, by the way, with humans, for those who haven't quite understood that yet. This is what we're living in today. Huh? Quite some. Quite some. Yeah. Quite some. But you're in a painless concentration camp, eh? Lots of sex. Lots of all the things that just keep you entertained. And even your soma drug. Your masters certainly are perfecting the this this uh, this hell on earth. Eh? Well, that's it uh, for. The, I, I kind of ran through this whole lot here. I wasn't sure I'd talk about it or not because I, I try not to prepare too much because uh, I think our, our thoughts should be free to roam spontaneously. I think lots of folk are losing that ability. To be honest with you, with the system we're in, this painless concentration camp. It's about to become a bit, little bit more pain, painful, I would think, in the short run at least. Science is, is our hell. It really is. There's nothing humane in science. There's nothing moral in science either. It doesn't have pros and cons. It just it is what it is. It's like the word profit, for instance. What is a profit? You can profit of all kinds of things. You can profit if you're even paid to kill people. That's a profit. Doesn't care if it's plus or negatives or neutral, it's what it is. But all these things are inhumane. Well, I hope it warms up a little bit for us. Remember, buy the books and discs, or you can d- donate to me at cuttingthroughmatrix.com. And hopefully, we can take along and uh, stay out of all the usual nonsense of politics, because it's all a joke, folks. From myself, Alan Watt from Ontario, Canada's good night. And may your God or your gods go with you.